Hi guys, welcome to Uncomfortable. The goal here is to have honest conversations about the issues dividing America. And great news for you listeners, all of our episodes are now available on the TuneIn app. All the episodes available there five days early. So download the TuneIn app and listen for free. Hey everyone, it's Amna, the host of Uncomfortable. And Alyssa, the producer of Uncomfortable. So this week we're going to take a look back, not at just the last week, the last two weeks of episodes, uh, to address some of your comments and questions and feedback, and also give you a preview of what's coming up next. Great. So two weeks ago, we had on our guest, Zach Ibrahim. He is the son of a convicted terrorist. Um, He's an advocate for peace now. He rejected all of his father's teachings. And we got a lot of feedback from this episode. Um, So one viewer wrote in, this is such an important topic, tolerance. I'm just not sure standard religion is compatible with tolerance. All religion, I think this person is saying. Like all standard religion. That's very cynical. It it? is. It is. Yeah. But the message of tolerance is exactly... Uh, what is at the heart of all of Zach's work now, which is starkly in contrast to everything he was learning under his dad. It was amazing to see that, too. He said, I was taught I was better than everyone else, and I was arrogant about it, and I would just look at everyone else and think, well, I don't care what you think because I'm going to be in heaven and you're not. Right. Well, I mean, and he started to question that, didn't understand why that was the way things had to be, and made a choice. And he believes kind of all people have a choice. It was fascinating for me, though, I have to say, to see how how deeply ingrained that can become so early. That he was only like six or seven years old, and it was a totally normal thing for him to see other people as very much less than him. Like right. It, gets in you, it can get in you very, very quickly as right. a kid. Absolutely. Um, so one other uh, viewer wrote in um, in regards to this week's um, yeah, the tragedy yeah. On, uh, on Halloween in downtown Manhattan said, I was thinking of Mr. Saipov as I listened to this the other day on the long commute home. Extreme cases like that of Mr. Saipov and Zach's father are the obvious ones to point out, but we all make decisions in the daily living of our lives that can seem inconsistent with the purity and depth of love we have for our children, partners, loved ones. What I love about Uncomfortable even more than the stories your guests are sharing is that each interview is an instrument and an opportunity for self-examination. Can I just say, first of all, how nice it is to read full sentences in a comment (laughs) and not just like a half sentence with misspellings and and all caps. But it's because people want to get it into 140 characters. I'm going to attribute it to that. They want to be short and tight and sweet. Well, whoever wrote this, we really appreciate you taking the time to craft a well thought out response. It did not go unnoticed. Now on your points. I I think there's so many parallels between the things that Zach was talking about and the things that we're seeing emerging in cases like Seifola Seipov, right? And other people like that who have found over time something in their experience that leads them to commit horrible, horrific crimes against fellow humans. And that's why I thought Zach's interview was so important, because for the first time, I felt like I was getting insight into how you come to believe those things to be true, even if you had every advantage in your life before that, even if you had a good job and a good education and a solid economic foundation, something flips. And I know we're still very much in the early stages of figuring out what that was when it comes to this particular individual in New York. But, you know, those parallels I saw, too. So, you know, and one other thing I want to point out, Amna, that we spoke a little bit about on Wednesday was that people that are driven to commit these crimes and these heinous acts, are they thinking about their family? 
Right. And the effects that it's going to have on their family. Because in Sapov's uh, case, he's a father too, right? right? They have three young kids. Right. Which is insane when you think about it. Well, when you think of what they're giving up, are they thinking about that? Yeah. You know, they're hurting not just themselves, but the lives of their loved ones. So, And Zach talked about that too. So look, if you missed that episode for whatever reason, go back and check that out. That was Zach Ibrahim from two weeks ago. One week ago, we had another fascinating conversation on a completely different topic. This one was, was with Lena Arkawi. Lena is working with the Syrian American Council. Um, she's a Syrian American, born here, never really felt like she had strong roots, um, you know, strong ties to her roots um, from Syria, you know, for her family. Um, that kind of took a turn for her in college. As she grew up, she wanted to learn more about her faith, more about her culture, her background. Um, you know, she was in Doha during the Arab Spring and kind mm-hmm. of saw that unfolding, you know, with her friends. And she was traveling back and forth to Syria back in 2011. Um, and she's no longer, unfortunately, able to travel there to right. visit family, um, to help the people there. Um, but it drove her to help resettle refugees here. And part of the conversation was political, obviously, because somehow in 2017, the conversation around refugees has become politicized. And so we talked about what she thought about the potential ban against Syrian refugees, about what legislation would look like, just about how what that process is when it comes to the refugees and how they arrive here and so on and so forth. But honestly, the part that stuck with me from our conversation more than anything else was the compassion part, was why she does what she does, Mm -hmm. why she thinks other people should care about families and children half a world away whom they will never meet and whose lives they probably don't see in parallel with their own at all. And a great great question you asked her actually was, how is she preventing Americans and, you know, the rest of the world from becoming numb to all of these stories coming out of Syria and other countries where there are refugees. And it just, you know, it's hundreds and thousands that we hear about every single day. I mean, we're facing the single largest humanitarian disaster of our time when it comes to the number of refugees in the world today. And so this one piece of it, because of the war in Syria, which has no end in sight, is just just that. It's just a piece. It's just a slice of it. But I thought Lena's articulation of why it personally motivates her, what it's like to wake up to pictures of dead kids on your phone, what it's like to be living your life and opening your fridge and seeing it full and knowing you can turn it on and off the lights anytime you want, and then getting a text message from your friend who's hunkered down in her bombed out apartment and she doesn't know when she can leave again, like what that does to you. Right. We got tons of comments uh, coming in from Lena's episode. Um, upset that, you know, people don't acknowledge the plight of Syrians, um, you know, that Americans are already growing numb to uh, things happening here in our own country, like, you know, right. the Vegas massacre. Um, but one comment I want to point out and I think we should talk about is kind of a peculiar one. It said, sorry, Syria, we kind of have our hands full with crazy over here. And so that is a very blunt and I would I would argue, poorly phrased way of articulating what I do think a lot of people genuinely feel, which is to say there are a lot of other things I personally, we as a country, have to worry about right now. Right? How could we possibly pay appropriate due or properly take care of all these people who we agree are also in need of help, Mm -hmm. but maybe we're not the ones who have to step up to do it. And it's just just with Syria right now. I feel like in the country as a whole, we're looking at a lot of places in the world and being like, not our problem. We can't fix that right now. We have to fix ourselves. Right. Um, And, you know, it goes back to 
a big part of both of these conversations, both with Zach and Lena, empathy, right? Putting empathy. yourselves in other shoes. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's more than that too, right? It's resources, it's political will, it's all of those things too. But I don't know, man, I would argue that like, we have to be able to walk and talk and chew gum at the same time. Like you can care about more than one thing at right. a time. It's possible. Absolutely. So let's move on to next week. We're going to yes. give you a preview of our conversation with Fairuz Saeed. So Fairuz is uh, someone you're probably going to hear a lot about over the next year. She is a candidate for the congressional seat in Michigan's 11th district. She came over here to share with us her life story, why she decided to run. She's long worked in government at the local level, at the federal level. She's originally from Detroit. She went back to her roots uh, there to work for the mayor's office and then eventually to run. But she's also part of this larger trend we're seeing now. You may have seen this BuzzFeed article recently. Right. Yeah. talked about this. Absolutely. So the BuzzFeed article was called Running, Not Hiding. Um, It was written by Talal Ansari and Hannah Alam. So shout out to them. They, you know, profiled a couple different um, Muslim Americans who are running for office, have been inspired to run now, um, getting a lot of momentum, getting a lot of attention, which is great, but attention both negative and positive, unfortunately. We spoke to Fairuz about how significant it is that she's running for office. One statistic that she quoted, 62 or 63 percent of Americans have never met a Muslim, and that's inspiring her Isn't to run. Isn't that wild, by it, the way? It is crazy. Um, that's I'm sorry, that blows my mind. I didn't know that number before she'd said it. And it blows my mind just because of the way because of the way we talk about Islam and Muslims today. And the fact that I think most people have a very strong opinion about it, but they've probably never even met someone. That's what's pushing her every day to continue her work. It's a constant reminder of why she has to keep doing what she's doing. And here's why Firuz's race in particular matters. If she wins, and it looks like it's a toss-up now, but if she wins, she would become the very first Muslim woman in Congress. So check this out. This is a quick clip from our conversation with Firuz Saad. So I hold true to myself as a progressive candidate and Mm -hmm. the progressive values that drive me. And I believe that there is a need for that in that district. And there's people who are looking for a candidate that wants to talk about issues, everything from universal health care to protecting our environment to other issues like how to promote our small businesses, which is very important to me given the the background that I come with and really understanding the strength of our small businesses and how they're the backbone of our economy, mm-hmm. especially in a place like Michigan. All right. So that is Fairuz Saad coming up on the next episode of Uncomfortable. Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, on TuneIn, on uh, Stitcher, on abcnews.com, on Google Play Music. We're on all of the places that you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Tweet at Amna, at Navazistan, N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N, or use our hashtag Uncomfortable Talk. Thanks for listening, you guys. We'll see you back here next time. Thank you for listening to Uncomfortable. Each of our episodes is now available on the TuneIn app. TuneIn is a free mobile audio app available across iOS, Android, and Windows. Download it for free today and listen to the latest episodes of Uncomfortable five days before they're released. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and at abcnews.com. And if you like what we're doing, take a minute, leave us a rating and a quick review. It helps others to find these conversations, and we really just want to hear what you think. Plus, we have made it easy. Just click on the link in the description of this episode. 
And if you have an idea for a show topic or a guest, leave it in the reviews. Or you can tweet at me, at Navazistan. That's N-A-W-A-Z-I-S-T-A-N. Or use our hashtag, Uncomfortable Talk. Uncomfortable is a product of ABC News. New episodes post every two weeks on Tuesday mornings. And don't forget, episodes are released five days early on the TuneIn app. I'm Amna Navaz. Thanks for listening.